the views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Episodes may contain adult language. another episode of Connected. I'm Alex with Side Street Studio Arts and I'm here with Nelson Velasquez um, and part of the Improv Mariachi group Los Improviachis um, and you're here going to talk about him and his group and, and what they're up to. So welcome Nelson. Uh, thanks for having me on Alex. Appreciate it. Awesome. So to start off um, if you want to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about um, the improv group you're part of. Sure, sure. Uh, so my name is Nelson Velasquez, uh, a veteran of the Chicago improv scene, been improvising since 2004. Yes, uh, I'm old. Uh, and uh, um, started Los Improviachis 11 years ago uh, as an offshoot of Salsation Theater Company, which is a 25 plus year old sketch and improv of Latino theater company in Chicago. Uh, and we do what you said, we do improvised mariachi. That's right. It is uh, an homage to uh, the mariachi stylings um, from a musical perspective, but with a lot of uh, hijinks and improvisation, stand-up, sketch, musical stuff thrown in. Uh, and it's a super, in, uh, super uh, audience interactive uh, time so uh, we really enjoy doing it and like I said it's been 11 years so we've gotten pretty good at it yeah yeah I saw I was kind of like stalking your Facebook and stuff and I saw that you know you recently you know hit 10 years you know a, a little while ago so now going out yep. 11 um, so can you tell us a, a little bit about starting the group and, and kind of what that looked like sure I can give you like the origin story yeah I so, love Cool. So, uh, so Los Improviachi started. I became uh, back in you know eleven years ago, so roughly two thousand nine, two thousand ten timeframe. Uh, but the initial idea, I was sitting at a show for um, uh, in Chicago, a long running show called Pimp Prov, which is uh, a bunch of improvising pimps. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you can only imagine what's what some of the things that happened on stage were. Uh, and if you look them up. Uh, please know that uh, it, they did change the um, uh, stigma, I guess you could say, around Pimprov and became uh, much more socially aware. Uh, they always donated money to battered women's shelters uh, and things of that nature and actually had some disclaimers throughout the show. Um, so it evolved over time. But as I was watching that show, um, I was there was an opener and they had like a, a Latin like a latino latinx kind of uh, name to it and i was sitting there and i was like okay cool like i've never heard of these guys and then they came out and it was a bunch of like young 20 something white cisgender men coming <laughs> out and playing and i went okay like got it so i was kind of half expecting like maybe these guys are just like really really light-skinned like argentinian types mm -hmm. or something uh and they weren't and <laughs> so they started improvising and as he went on at one point in the scene one of them put on a very colorful sombrero and i'm watching the scene and i went man it'd be great if you sang and then light bulbs went off mm -hmm. and i went wait a minute we can do that Oh my gosh, this is great. 
So I spent the next two hours at the show not watching the show. I was in my head formulating Los Improviachis and what that could be. So uh, that's how we got started. And and we started through Salsation Theater Company uh, originally, um, and we kind of cut our teeth on there, um, eventually kind of transforming into what we are today. We're in Chicago. We have members who are in San Antonio, Texas as well. So we're kind of now in two different cities, which is really, really fun. Um, and we're still playing. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what was that? I mean, I've seen improv quite a few times and it is a lot of like white guys <laughs> you know <laughs> there was a couple improv groups at my college and you know all these dorky college white guys so like um you know what was it like in the latino community to have this kind of improv group that also you know did mariachi which is a bit you know has a long tradition with it um to kind of step into that community of, of improv yeah, so when I started doing improv in 2004, um, options or options were very, very, very limited, right? Mm-hmm. Um, improvisation in our uh, community is still inaccessible to a lot of people, especially people from an economic perspective. Uh, classes are expensive. Uh, you have to drive to certain places because there are only certain theaters or uh, training centers around town. So it was really, really inaccessible back in 2004, and it was even more inaccessible beyond that, right? So. Um, so we got used to the whole idea of like, from a cultural perspective, like our voices are necessarily not going to be heard uh, as much as uh, our peers, right? It's just, that's the demographic that you see, um, you know, again, uh, nothing against my white brothers, nothing against you, but there's a lot of you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so, uh, so people who look like me and, and are similar to me or have an appreciation for what, what we do um, got kind of filtered through that. So um I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, quite frankly, but <laughs> what was your original question? Give me your question again. Yeah, I was just uh, wondering, like, what, you know, did you, you know, you said that it was, it was, there's community of kind of Latino improv, it wasn't really accessible. So what, I guess, reforming my question, what did the community kind of look like going onwards from you starting Los Improviachis kind of onward? Did you were you kind of creating more of a space for Latino improv groups to start or were you still really just kind of on your own? No, no. Uh, so when we started Los Improviachis, it was literally me trying to expand Salsation Theater Company's mm-hmm. um, programming at the time. So Salsation's mostly known for uh, Latinx um, sketch comedy. That's what we're mostly known for. Yeah. And uh, when I became the artistic director I was like, how do we expand our programming? How can we do more? Because mm-hmm. we would do maybe two shows a year. And I was like, mm-hmm. eh, I kind of need a, more. So yeah. so I started Los Improviachis um, on two different fronts. One was because I am a musician first. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where my artistry comes from uh, in my soul. But um, I wanted to explore that. But also, uh, it was also a, a little bit of proving people wrong because we had members in the group going like, ah, nobody will ever come and see, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, no one's interested in it. And I was kind of in the mentality of if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. And over the years, that's what we've seen from a community perspective of like, we still primarily play to a lot of Anglo uh, based groups. Like we're not necessarily embraced by the Latino community of Chicago per se as mariachis. We're not mariachis for Mm -hmm. first and foremost, we are comedians and actors first, yeah. and we are paying homage to uh, to mariachi. So, so we're not necessarily like 
they're beating down the door asking us for us to come in and play their, you know, quinceanera or something like that. But we have noticed that uh, throughout the years, the makeup of our of our group and and our crowds has definitely been bringing in a lot more people who might not come see an improv show, a sketch show, a stand up show, especially on the north side of Chicago. Um, they may not come see that show, but they'll come out for us. Um, and they'll be like, cool, like I see somebody and I hear somebody who's on stage who looks like me and sounds like me. This is great. And I'm willing to participate. And again, it's not a mariachi show per se. We do mariachi songs. We improvise uh, music a lot of the time. We do a lot of audience interactive stuff, but um, it's not a full-blown cultural event. It's more of like it being filtered through a comedic lens and you know, we were, again, trying just to fill out what our programming was supposed to look like at the time. And what it's turned into is now it's its own tour de force. And mm -hmm. that's something that I really, really enjoy being able to share and trying our best to make it accessible um, just by having it there. Again, if we build it, they will come. Yeah. So we're hoping that those of you who are listening in Elgin uh, mm -hmm. right here, right now, or Elgin adjacent, come mm -hmm. to the show because you will see something that you have, I promise you, you have not seen anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I was watching clips of your show and I, and I, I do love improv and I've seen, you know, a, a decent amount of it, but I think sometimes it could all seem very similar depending on the groups or, you know, so it was awesome that like you guys added songs and it, it and, and pulling from the audience a lot more than I've seen normal improvs do. Cause I, mm -hmm. I know a lot of improvs, they're like, can I get a word or you know, a right. something, but like you physically pull people up on the stage. And, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you're in the audience and an improviachi show, you might get pulled up where that yeah. is our bread and butter. Like we <laughs> deal with uh, the public and making you feel safe. It's not just like pull you up and make fun of you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. really like you're part of the group. That's really our intent. Um, and we have a lot of fun with it. So we'll pull up everybody from children to, you know, full-blown grandmothers uh, <laughs> up on stage. And um, if they don't come up on stage, guess what? We're mobile. So we'll come <laughs> down into the audience and bring you into what it is that we do. And, and again, that's, again, paying homage to the whole fact that, you know, these are roving groups of, of musicians, right? Um, and they're playing different situations and different parties and they're festive and they're me meant to liven things up, right? Mm -hmm. So we're paying homage in that sense of like, look, this is what a mariachi band would do mm -hmm. um, when they go and interact with the public and interact with um, the parties that they're hired for. It, it's not just we're standing in a in a corner and we're playing. No, no, this is an event and this is something that we want you to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, and kind of on the same topic of, of audience um, participation, uh, I was like, I was watching clips of your show and I was like, okay, so you have the skits and you have the comedy and you have the songs and you have the audience. Like, how do you go about, first of all, improv just like amazes me in general that people are just <laughs> able to just come up with stuff on the spot, but balancing all those different elements in the show and keeping it like flowing and keeping it funny. Uh, well, first of all, you got to pay thousands of dollars to get the training that we got in order mm -hmm. for, no, I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. <laughs> um, so somewhat kidding. Um, no, like I think the, from the perspective of what we do is that it's weird. We want to pay homage to the mariachi uh, culture and, and history. So, mm -hmm. you know, there are six graders out there that can play musically better than we can. I mean, it's, it, we're not 
We are not mariachis again. I'm I'm stressing that. But we want to really like if we're going to do a song like if it's someone's birthday, right? It, typically, that is something that is um a song called Las Mañanitas. We would sing that song. We know enough of that song and know the tradition around that song enough so that we can include that as part of the show, right? So when we're going into the audience and we're pulling the audience out, we have to literally read the energy of what the crowd is going for for the night. Are they a rowdy crowd? Are they quiet? Are they not interactive? Are they are they asleep? Are they lively? Right. And something like Las Mañanitas gives us the strength to like be like, hey, like we can give you some of that traditional mariachi stuff, and we can also give you some of the raucous, uh, rowdy stuff, and we can also give you some of the more poignant stuff and the fun stuff with children. So it's really literally uh, reaction to reaction. We plan our show based on what's going on in the room. And that just takes a lot of, you know, like I said, a lot of time, a lot of money, uh, <laughs> a lot of lot of mistakes along the way to really um, be able to read a crowd. And there are nights where we can't read them at all, where we get it all wrong. But we guarantee you, even though we get it wrong, it's still a really, really fun show because we really try to get a sense of investment from the audience. And just the fact that you may have shown up with 15 of your best friends thinking you're seeing an improv show and then we pull one of your friends up Man, things get much more interesting for those of you watching out there. They're going to be like, yo, I want to see Fred, you know, sing this song with a mariachi hat on his head. Like, let's see how well he does. And the phones pop out immediately. So the fact that anybody can be a part of the show, I think, really, really allows us to read the room because they have to react to what we're doing. And I think, you know, again, having the experience of having done this for such a long time, we really know, like, when is it that we have to be poignant? When is it that we have to be, uh, when can we be our, our, our more uh, adult selves? When do we have to be more reserved, right? And more serious. So that really helps make a Los Abraviachi show unique. Yeah, that it's a lot of like moving elements, but like you said, just time, just, you know, and, and experience. Yeah, I mean, we were doing shows for like, literally the first three years we were literally playing maybe 10 minutes a night that mm -hmm. like which is like you know and and that's not a lot of time if you're ever on stage uh that's really not a lot of time so it really forced us to have to hone in quickly get to what we want to do and get mm -hmm. the audience laughing quickly so that if we were given more time now we can include more and more interaction and more uh more games and things of that nature that they can be a part of mm -hmm. so we kind of we we really cut our teeth especially in the chicago scene of like doing these guest spots for 10 minutes in bars and uh back rooms and eventually theaters right uh and and eventually festivals even mm -hmm. so we we we've got this down to a science and it's always changing yeah well wow 10 minutes for improv is is it seems really like short like you said you have to read the crowd and like you know and that's a very short amount of time to do that yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely um also kind of talking about your show because i was just curious of, of of improv in general and then again yeah. you know adding like the music element to it do you have kind of a idea of of the structure of the show before you go into it or do you kind of is it loosely based on you know how the crowd's feeling or well, yeah we have a we have a, a loose very loose high level form that we have for the show which i will not divulge on this podcast because you got to come to the show and yeah. see what it is <laughs> we have a, we have an arc there is a story arc to the night that we adhere to but we are more than willing 
to walk in with a running order of what we think is going to happen. And then if the crowd ain't going for it or the crowd shifts us in a different direction, completely throwing it out the window and running with whatever they want Mm -hmm. uh, at the time. So, you know, I call them audibles. We'll call audibles literally on stage and be like, hey, like, we're not doing that. We're doing this right here, right now. Uh, If I could share a quick anecdote uh, of this, when we had to do this, we did a festival. I won't say where, um, but uh, it was in a, uh, it was in a very, very popular place. Uh, it was not Chicago. And uh, we did this show and they decided to put four stand-up comedians on before us. And we were on the main stage of this festival. And uh, the first comedian comes on and he's bombing for five minutes, cool. just bombing horribly. And it got, by the time they got to the fourth comedian, it was literally like, he'd tell a joke and you'd hear, ha! <laughs> that's what you are like echoes in the room like nobody laughing and i turned to the other improviatis and i said hey you know everything we've rehearsed for the last three weeks like yeah like throw it all out the window we're not doing any (laughs) of that stuff so we spent we had a 25 minute slot that night we spent the first 15 minutes getting the audience warmed up again after seeing four bad comics back to back and Got them going. And then we did 10 minutes of our material. Like we we did the best we could. But that to me was like such a testament of like our ability to work together and truly improvise what we have to do while again, having some, uh, having an arc, right? Having an arc that we, we can adhere to, um, to deliver some consistency uh, between shows, but also like catering those shows when we need to. So it was a really good like experience uh, and showcase of what improv can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And saying that and kind of like having to kind of shift the whole show and throw out the whole show um, has your members of the, you know, of the group, have they been with you for the beginning? Have, Have you guys, do you guys have that good connection where you are able to kind of, change it up and still work with each other really well absolutely absolutely so i have um there's really only one active member from the very beginning and for the last 10 years um megan powell she's been with me from the very beginning uh but we've had people come and go um and the best part is is like we don't hate each other uh (laughs) after after 11 years like nobody hates each other like it's literally an open door and so it's one of those things of like, well, having Praviachis drop off, life happens, right? Or they they move on, they go and do bigger and better things. Um, but we're always open of like, hey, listen, we got a gig and you know, we want to invite you to come out. You want to play the gig. And it's not a big deal with us. It's like we're more friends and colleagues above, you know, being performers. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a more familial feeling. And and I can say that. There isn't really, uh, other than uh, a couple of other situations I can think of, with even my own family. There, there's never this like revolving door of you can come and go, right? And so it's uh, the fact that we have two improviachis, active improviachis out in San Antonio, you know, and we get together and we're going to try again this year to go down to San Antonio uh, or Texas and do a, a series of shows with them. Like the fact that that happens, or they fly in and do some shows in Chicago, like our 10 year anniversary show. I mean, that's a real testament of like how flexible, how open and how much fun everybody has playing this show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the questions I kind of like pivoting kind of I have for you, you said you had a musical background. So um, 
what's kind of can you speak a little bit about your your kind of musical background sure so when i was a child no uh my dad was uh my dad was convinced that i was going to be um the next like tito puente uh he wanted me to become like this great like latin american uh conductor and composer of all the salsa music and puerto rican and brazilian um by descent so he was he he put me behind a trumpet um very early in my life and i started learning it and then like sixth grade seventh grade i wasn't all that great on it and then by eighth grade i was killing it figured it out at that point so i spent a lot of time uh learning trumpet and um then you know i did uh marching bands and i did professional drum corps and i did uh you know uh, rock bands and a bunch of stuff so i learned a lot of instruments over the years and so by the time i get to chicago originally i was going to be like the second coming of the smashing pumpkins that was my plan and i was going to make a rock band and we were going to rock the world and tour and it was going to be great and then reality hit and I figured out that, hey, you know what? I'm much better at comedy uh, <laughs> at some <laughs> points. That's much more lucrative for me. Um, but I, I do consider myself to be much more of a musician. So that really lent my guitar, uh, rock skills, and my ethnicity really, really helped with um, uh, coming in with like this idea. And it, fed, and it dovetailed Los Impraviachis very well, or the concept of Los Impraviachis, because I was also doing comedy at the same time. So like now I've got that musical background. I can play music. I can I can we can go to any other location. My other uh, improviachis do have musical skills themselves as well. So I don't even have to be holding it down all the time. I can take the guitar off every once in a while or bring up a trumpet every once in a while, and we can switch off and we can accompany ourselves as we do it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of like where where the musicianship started and how that led into Los Improviachis. Yeah, I love it. I love when people take like two hobbies that don't seem like they like can go together it's like well we're just gonna throw them together anyway and it works you know <laughs> i love it yeah. yeah 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 um another a question i had again just being fascinated by improv in general because i'm not a in front of the stage kind of person so it's Ooh. like it's you're like i'll remember that <laughs> um so it's just like crazy to first of all perform in front of some, in front of a crowd in general to me and then to not like memorize a script or a song or just kind of going with the flow of you know your group mates and stuff like that so can you, just, you don't have to go super in detail, but just a little bit of how you practice and 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 get ready for improv. I love that. I love that. Because that, that's like one of our number one questions, right? Yeah. Like as, <laughs> as as actors um, is, is the first one is, oh, you do improv. Tell me a joke. That's the first <laughs> one we normally hear. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's a different thing. Uh, the second <laughs> one is, how do you practice improv if you're making it all up? We get yeah. that all the time. So I have an answer ready for you. Awesome. So so the so the way to maybe think about improv, if you're not familiar with it or uh, practicing it, it's still theater. I mean, it, that's where it comes from, right? It's it's theatrical games developed by Viola Spolin and popularized by her son, Paul Sills, um, at least from a Chicago perspective. Um, 
it, it's it's theater games. They're games that you play in theater so that you can hone your skills from a theatrical perspective to become a better actor, right? The only difference between improvisation and what I would call scripted theater, right? What you would see uh, at a university uh, theater program or what you might go see at Steppenwolf or the Goodman Theater. The only difference is one has a script, one doesn't. That's it. The skills behind those that, that require you to put on a theatrical scene are identical. You still have to listen. You still have to react. You still have to uh, have uh, interact with your environment, right? They have a set. We have a wall. Uh, <laughs> they have props. We have object work. It's the same uh, skill set that's required to do improvisation as it is to do scripted work. So... When you kind of think about it that way, it's like, well, what are the exercises that you can do in order for you to practice um, building a character or having a character um, uh, on stage or having to deal with uh, love or having to deal with loss from an emotional perspective? So we rehearse situations or we put ourselves in situations with certain constructs to allow us to explore those tools that we need from an actor's perspective so that whenever we get put in front of an audience, we can pull them up right from our from our knowledge base and then rock the crowd right, right there and then. Mm-hmm. Isn't that helpful? Does that help? Yeah, no, yeah, no, I totally, it's just, it's fascinating to me, but it, it does make sense where it's like, yes, you're making it all up, but it comes from a, you know, knowledge of background of all these, you know, all yeah. of these you know, kind of like games and stuff and, and situations that you practice and put yourself through. Yeah. Think, think about it this way as well. Like you were a child at some point, I assume. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so I assumed you played with toys mm-hmm. at some point. Right. So like, uh, I'll use myself so that I don't put you on the spot. Like myself, like I would grab matchbox cars and I would go to the playground and I'd put them in the sand and I would make roads and I would like drive the car down the road and there would be collisions and there would be roadblocks and the police chases, right? You did all this stuff as a child, mm-hmm. right? Like you came up with characters, situations, emotional reactions, uh, impossible physics uh, in my case, right? So <laughs> like, you came up with all this make-believe stuff and you built worlds as a child. That's all we're doing. It's the same thing. It's the mm-hmm. same thing, except you're paying us to do it, yeah. hopefully, right? Um, so you inherently, if you've had a childhood that allowed you to play, we are just doing playtime as adults now. Yeah. And can you do it in a consistent way? And can you do it so that someone would want to watch that? Mm-hmm. I tell a lot of my students, like, it, I, I find improvisation as an art form, uh, as a presentation art form, right? I find that really, really interesting because people pay us good money to go on stage and reenact things that they could see for free on the street. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, cool, you want to see someone who's crazy and is shouting out poetry? Ride the red line in Chicago. Like, <laughs> you can see that for free. Yeah. You pay me $15. Cool, thanks for the money, mm-hmm. right? So I, I just, I, I, I want to demystify improvisation, and not just for you, but for anybody listening. Like, improvisation is not hard if you've had any kind of life experience ever. You've mm-hmm. done this many, many times. Now, help. we can help you codify that into a, a set of skills that you can call upon whenever you need to. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and I think 
that's one of the reasons why every time I've seen improv, it's it's always just so fun. It's like it's like you said, it's experiences that we might have all have gone through or we find relatable. Um, and it's also a lot of the improv I've seen. It, it's it's kind of like unserious in a way. Like it's just fun and like it's always a good time, you know. Um, which... I like to des- I like to describe it as it's stupid. <laughs> and I, and when I say stupid, I say that with love. Yeah. I really do. It is like dumb fun. It's not the, it's not meant for you to be very intellectualized about. Mm-hmm. Like if you're intellectualizing it, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like like if you're like trying to find out, you know, why something's funny, we're not doing our job. And and I agree with you. Like I prefer to watch dumb shows. Yeah. <laughs> fun shows. Like there's like there's a reason like if you're watching I don't know, um like it's it's like watching maybe The Godfather versus mm-hmm. The Fast and the Furious. You're yeah. not going to watch The Fast and the Furious thinking like, I need to understand the depths of the relationships of what's going on in the characters. You're yeah. just kind of like, can you just drive the car real fast and crash? <laughs> That's what I want to watch. Yeah. That's kind of the improv there, right? Like from, from that perspective, we want to take that in and do it. With that said, we do take ourselves seriously yeah. in the sense of trying to put on a good show. Yeah. Right? So that part is serious to us. And yes, from an acting perspective, it may not be the best acting per se, but we do take the craft of entertaining a crowd and showing you something worth watching very seriously. Yeah, yeah. And and just so much, again, as an audience perspective, seeing this kind of fun show that seems like it doesn't have any structure to just my not knowing improv, but then seeing like all the work that goes into it, all of the practice that you have to do to make this show that's kind of seems unserious to me and funny and, and light, but then it's just a, this big craft that came, you know, before it to to put on the show. And that's that's why improv always just like amazes me. I'm like, it's it's a lot of moving parts all coming together to just create this fun show <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and i mean it's it's something that i would always say we could end like world wars and personal conflict if everybody took an improv class like <laughs> like it's like this is way more fun than fighting like let's just go and play like let's do that you know awesome uh, one of my last questions for you nelson were what do you hopes for los improviachis like what is your hopes for the future and, and wow. are you guys growing in still growing or i know you said you have some uh you know uh, members in texas and stuff like that so in two states now <laughs> yeah. i would love i would love for los improviachis to grow obviously like we kind of went into remission uh somewhere around like 2019 going in especially into the pandemic yeah. Um, that really hurt everything uh, mm-hmm. moving forward. It's it's uh, it was such a difficult thing, and we're still kind of all recovering collectively in the mm-hmm. zeitgeist of of America uh, from the pandemic. So um, we're kind of in a rebuilding phase. Rebuilding meaning I want to add some more members because I want to do more shows. So we're looking at building more shows. Ultimately, what I would like to get this group to do is uh, find a formal home. So mm-hmm. if we could find a venue that would put up a weekly show for us that would be a big plus um and and again oh uh shout out to pimprov uh they did they were over at uh, chemically imbalanced comedy 
theater for a very long time. I mean, they've been around since for almost 20 years. Um, I would like to get to that point where like, hey, you know where we're, where our home is instead of kind of roving around uh, as mariachis might do. Um, you, you Hopefully we can get ourselves a, a, a steady place for you to come and see us. And we can really, really hone um, some new talent, get them up and running. And then, you know, who knows where it could lead us in the future. Yeah, awesome. Well, I hope that I will get to see a show from you one of the um, one of these days from the clips I saw it just it sounds like so much fun no matter how scared I would be if you guys pulled me up on stage I, I'll, you know I'll I'm gonna be looking off. for you yeah I'm, exactly. I'm gonna be looking for you now <laughs> awesome and before I sign off Nelson do you have any upcoming shows I know you are doing the mini fringe here in Elgin at the end of January, correct? Yep, end of January, we'll be doing the Elgin Fringe. And then uh, uh, just go to our website, losimproviachis.com, L-O-S-I-M-P-R-O-V-I-A-C-H-I-S.com. Uh, go ahead and just uh, rewind that five times real quick. Uh, com, and uh, you can see all our dates there as things pop up. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, Nelson, for coming thank on you. with me. Um, this has been Alex Sharp from Side Street Studio Arts, and thank you for listening to another episode of Connected. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Nolan. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected, and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers. Please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.